Everyone deserves a chance in the driver's seat. For GM and Revolt, that means leading the way on the road to an all-electric future and envisioning a world with zero crashes, zero tailpipe emissions, and zero congestion. GM's committed to making EVs accessible for everybody. That means you too. So what are you waiting for? GM's got the keys. You grab the wheel. Learn more about an all-electric future and the 000 initiative at GM.com. GM, everybody in. What's up, y'all? This is Biddy from DGB. I'm here to put y'all up on game about Anchor. Now, if you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, let me give you a quick rundown. Now, basically, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Now, here's how it works. Anchor lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or the computer. So no matter what your setup is, you can start creating today. That means you can't make no excuses about you got to go on Amazon, get this microphone, get this certain camera. I need this and that. No, you can go right on Anchor, record today. Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms, including Spotify and any other places where you uh, listen to podcasts. Um, You can do that with a single tap. It's easy. Just record, click. Anchor is also the only place where you can publish video podcasts to Spotify. Now, with Anchor, creators can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. All you got to do is go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what's your excuse, man? Get started. Like, now. Whew. What's good, world? It's your boy June James, best producer in the world, and I just jumped out the porch with Dirty Girl Bastard. Press the body, sell the one pop. Where they be misinformed, I got a hundred K in my pocket. How we outside, Tom Carver? All right, so we got June the Genius off the porch with us today. Man, what it do, what it is. How you feeling today, bro? Man, I'm feeling never lucky, always blessed, man. It's blessed to be here another day in this crazy, crazy year called 2020, man. True. It's been a crazy year. Crazy. Understatement of the year, man. I think uh, 2021, New Year's, we all got to just celebrate, man. Like, we, we got made to. It. We got to, man. Like, too many people dying, COVID, everything. Niggas is broke. <laughs> it's wild out here for these people. <laughs> it's like they packed everything in in 10 years into one year. Yeah, it was I mean, like, yeah, good luck. And it's crazy because I started, I started the year feeling like, okay, this is going to be the year. This, I don't got nothing going on. I don't got nothing personally going on. My life's perfect. Then, boom, we got flus and shit <laughs> stuff is going down <laughs> stuff that you can't even control yeah yep. yeah man it's wild man yeah man so we blessed though man never lucky always blessed yeah so let's take it back man you from houston right man acres homes to be exact north side in the okay. building yes sir all right so what was your childhood like growing up in houston man my childhood was um it was cool the older i got it got a little bit better i mean for the most part my mama, my mama really grinded her butt off, you know what I'm saying, worked her butt off. So I really um, was never put in a position where, early where I just, where like we was just struggling. Well, we were struggling, but I never knew we were struggling. Basically, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, I remember we was in Acres Homes. My mama had a one bedroom apartment, you know what I'm saying? My brother's sleeping on the floor. I'm sleeping in the, on the patio, stuff like that, you know what I'm saying? So, but looking back, you know, we was kind of effed up, you know what I'm saying? Kind of messed up, but like she made it where we didn't feel like that, you know what I'm saying? But um, coming up was good. I feel like I had a good childhood. The older I got, the more I got into stuff I wasn't supposed to get into. <laughs> we was in the streets doing stuff we had no business doing. But 
for the most part, I feel like I was blessed, you know, with a gift early because I had a lot. Of, I had a lot of people around me who was crashing out, doing things they had no business doing, and I was going down that path too. But I figured out what I wanted to do real early in life, and I just stuck with it. Yeah, and yeah. At what age would you say you did jump off the porch? And get I want to say streets? I jumped off the porch like fifteen. Okay, fifteen, sixteen. I sucked my first beat in high school, like my sophomore year. And we ain't been looking back ever since. We've been trying to just perfect it, perfect it, perfect it as much as possible. So now we in the big leagues now. Yeah. <laughs> what had inspired you to start making beats at first? Man, really, I was I went I went to high school around that time when producers started putting the face behind their you know their music and stuff. You know, you had Kanye, the old Kanye going crazy. <laughs> you had Pharrell going crazy, Lil John, Drummer Boy, um, so many producers just out there just kicking butt at the time, man. And I just was really just feeling what they was doing and it just inspired me. And I never really really wanted to be a rapper because I feel like it's so much so much that come with that, especially when it comes to the message, you know what I'm saying, what, what you're trying to talk about. So I really never wanted to do that, but I always love music and I always want to be behind the scenes and making it happen, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, I like attention too, so it's like, if I can be the nigga that get the attention without having to do all them, that rapping and shit, I'm down for that, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so that's me on that tip. I love producing. Yeah. I wouldn't trade it in for the world. What did your first beat sound like? I ain't gonna lie, no cap. My partner who I first made beats with back in high school, he sent me some old beats. And for the most part, they made sense. You know how people make beats that just sound like video game soundtracks in the background, like it's just ongoing, run on type of repetitive thing. My shit actually made sense. It's just, I ain't had the, the, the right drums or like the right, the right sounds at the time. But to me, the most is jamming, you know what I'm saying? Personally, but let another motherfucker judge it. <laughs> Were you sampling like Kanye? No, nah, I wasn't sampling at all. We, I, I had, I had FL Five. I had the, the um, tutorial version. So every time you <laughs> made, every time you made a beat, you know what I'm saying? You couldn't bounce it. We was just jamming them for show. We had to record it on like another separate thing so we could have it for ourselves. It was really weird, real ghetto back then. <laughs> so who were some of the first rappers to jump on your beats, even though they're just local or friends? First, first uh, rappers locally to jump on my beats was like B King. Um, okay. I don't know if you ever heard of B King, but he go course, crazy back yeah. uh, back in the city. He got a dope ass song called Lee right now. Go check it out, H Town. Got to promote my people. But um, it was probably B King, Plies, um, Slim Thug, Paul Wall, people like that back home. Plies not back not back home, but like Plies was like my first major placement that I ever got with somebody with of uh, you know of relevance. And you got think this is probably back in like 2010 when he still kind of had like some kind of like name. I ain't saying the nigga ain't popping, but he was popping popping back then. You know that me and my goons and all that shit. He was. He was on one, yeah. so that was my first major placement. And you used to walk over a mile just to go to the studio, man. Uh, so crazy story. Um, like I said, um, I had like, my childhood was cool, but once like I had I dropped out of high school when I was seventeen. Then I forged my way into TSU. I had faked my way to get into school. I ain't gonna lie. Now that I'm successful, I can talk about this type of shit. But I had I had made a fake transcript, and then. I had got a band scholarship because I was really good at music. I'm really musically inclined, so I had got a band scholarship. So I used the fake transcript with the band scholarship that I got from the band director, and I got my ass to TSU. That's how I got into TSU. I never, I don't got no diploma, no nothing. I just finagle my way into that motherfucker. <laughs> so once I got into TSU, I stayed for a year. This is when Drumline and everything was out, so niggas was into the band. I stayed winning, and I like money a whole lot. So I dropped out and started you know, hustling, started you know, selling, doing you know, in the streets. So I was really in the mix and stuff. And that's kind of how I got my beats off too. That's how I got to first, you know, one of my first studios because I was selling packs and selling beats at the same time. But um, that was going, that was going. Then one day I got jammed up. I got caught with some shit in my trunk, and um, I was on house arrest. I was on house arrest for about a good year and a half. True. Um, around this time, the chick I was with, she broke up with me, 
You know what I'm saying? Left me hanging. I ain't have no whip, no nothing. You know what I'm saying? No money because I couldn't hustle no more. And um, I really wasn't just selling. I just wasn't. You no, know, when it, but people gotta understand with this music stuff, like you gotta really be in a good spirit, a good vibe, or really the opposite to make really good music. And so I was in a really like kind of tumultuous time in my life. So I had no choice but to go to the studio and go home. Go to the studio and go home. And I didn't have nothing else to do. I, I would have killed myself. If I would be at home bored all day. So I would walk down there two miles to get to the studio every day just to get shit off my chest. And that's really how I made Key to the Streets. I made the Key to the Streets one day on some drama shit, walked to the studio, nobody was there, vibed out, smoked, had some good weed, and that's how I made the hit that changed my life. So just people who, when you're going through shit, just know that, you know, it's lighter than in that tunnel. You gotta just keep up every day, keep pushing, man. Shit, you never know what God got in store for you. Yeah, that's real right there, man. Yeah, yeah. So how did Lucci get that beat then? Uh, so funny story about that, man. Lucci thought I was a promoter at first, because, um, <laughs> I had reached out to him way before he was popping. I think I had like 5,000 followers on Twitter, like maybe three, 4,000 on Instagram. And um, I was doing this shit at, um, kind of like how they got New Music Mondays with the Coalition DJs out here. Mm-hmm. I was doing something called Takeover Tuesdays in Houston. I had a coalition of DJs called the LAD DJs at the time, like 40 DJs. And we had kind of joined forces with Rap A Lot and the Go DJs at the time. And we just did a big event, but I would be the main one that orchestrated and hosted and my DJs would DJ it. And so my manager at the time, T Ferris, who was actually Megan Stallion's manager right now, he actually reached out to Bigger Rankin and I was like, hey man, this nigga Lucci hard. Can we see if we can bring them in town? I'll pay whatever I gotta pay. So I pay what I had to pay. You know what I'm saying? I brought Lucci to town and uh, we just, you know, we hit it off. I introduced it to my clique. Actually, me and Lucci don't even fuck around, but like, it's funny cause like the niggas he cool with now is in Houston, is the niggas that I introduced him to. So small world shit. Um, but, um, so that's how that happened. I brought him to the club, linked up with him. And then I was like, hey, I make beats too. He's like, oh, send me a pack. So, I just kept sending him shit, sending him shit, and one day he had texted me, and um, he was like, "Man, I got a surprise for you." And I was like, "Okay, cool, say word." And it was key to the streets. Hmm. That was loud, and it's crazy because like I didn't even know. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I remember I told you about that chick that um, wild out on me. So crazy story. She found out that I was fucking with this one chick. And fellas, whatever y'all do, don't put shit. When you fuck with a chick, make sure that shit is in your name, please. Because you're going to take an L. So look. This chick had, um, I was fucking with this shit, we broke up. She moved out to my, oh, nigga, I don't need you. I got, got a nigga. So she moved in with somebody else. They got evicted, and I still had a spot that I was paying for that was in her name. So I'm holding it down, living my life. Got brand new furniture, I'm hitting licks. I'm happy in the motherfucker right now. She come back, I'm like, I'm finna move in real quick, you know what I'm saying? We not together. But then she go through my phone, I'm in the shower, and throw, and then just fuck up my whole life the next day. I'm talking about all my shit got thrown out. So during all this time, I'm not knowing I got a hit record. I'm going through so much personal shit. My partner, thank God, my partner Trees, he had came pick me up from the strip club because she had came to the strip club, caused the whole scene. It was just wild. So, so he picked me up from the strip club to man, you don't gotta go through nothing, man. I got you, bro. Just come stay at my house, bro. So I remember driving to my apartment, my PS4 gone, my TV's <laughs> gone, my laptop gone, everything, new clothes gone. Only thing I had was a couple pair of drawers and everything else in my old laptop. So I was sitting on my partner's couch for about six, seven months while I had a whole hit record going on. You know what I'm saying? And I didn't even know it. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't know it until I got into a car one day in Oakland because I had to go to Oakland to hit some licks. And I got in the car. And I was like, bro, this shit playing out here? 
Then I went to some other. So I was like, this shit playing out here? Then I went to back to Houston and I turned on the radio on 979 Box. And 979 Box, they don't just play anything. You know what I'm saying? And I found out it was on the radio. I was like, oh, this shit national. Then my partner was like, yeah, bro, this is a hit record. You got you, got you one. And so when my life got back in order and I started being able to go back to the club and you know live life again and got back on my feet, that's when I knew that it was lit. You know what I'm saying? That's when I knew everything made sense. And that's what happened. That's what led to Everyday We Lit. That's how I made Everyday We Lit because life was going good at the time. Yeah. It was blessed. Definitely blessed, man. That, that's crazy right there. Mm-hmm. All right, so um, what's your creative process like these days? My creative process, I ain't gonna lie. It depends on how, it depends on the day. Like, I like working out, and I've been really into working out. I lost like 50 pounds, you know what I'm saying? I was a butterball. So um, usually it's two ways I do it. Like, I wake up in early in the morning, go work out, go catch a vibe, get that, you know, get that pent up anxiousness and frustration or energy out. And you know, anybody know that when you work out, it's a, it's an instant antidepressant. So if you work out early in the day, your whole day be just, I don't know what it, what it, what it is, but it just be smooth. So after I work out, roll me up some good, good Zaza, getting the lab with my niggas. And I, and I like people around me. I know some people don't like people with them. When they, I like feeding other people's energy. I like the vibe, cause you don't never know ideas. You can bounce ideas. You know, music to me is a creative process. So I like people around me. I like beautiful women around me. I like liquor around me. Sometimes I drink, sometimes I don't drink, but I need my weed. Main thing is I need my weed at all times. That's my creative process. But I like making beats predominantly at nighttime. I come alive at nighttime, like scary hours. <laughs> <laughs> all right, what's your uh, thoughts on producers using loops? I mean, it is what it is. I feel like, and this, I feel like this man, because um, I done ran into some problems with niggas with loops. Because um, some of them, some of the people be cool, some people be weird. But my thing is, I don't feel like a nigga should get half of the song as far as rights goes. If I'm if you're sending me a loop and I gotta literally make the loop make sense, formulate the beat, alter the loop for it to make sense, change the BPM, whatever the case may be, then I'm the one that's getting the placement for both of us. I really don't I, I don't have a problem giving you a portion of giving you something. But a lot of these motherfuckers be trying to get equal share or try to cut me out of the advance. Like they be moving real weird. So I kinda like, you know, I don't mind it. I know that, you know, it's come it's 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 the it's the times now like Nick Mirror. That's my boy. That man, that, that man, Nick Mirror, at the crib make 40 loops a day. No beats. Now, I love that workflow, but me, I like making beats. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like it's good. I feel like just when it comes to dealing with people that make loops and, you know, if you're a loop maker, you know what I'm saying? Just make sure your paperwork's, you know, handled right. Make sure you got a good manager behind you and just make sure you're moving right. But don't stop sending loops to all of us because we all cool with each other. A lot of producers are cool with each other. And a lot of times we be laughing at y'all niggas because y'all be sending us all the same loops. And that shit not dope. So if you send the loops, make sure that you're not sending us the same shit. Please stop that shit. But I really usually get loose with like one or two people, like Nick Mirror, my team, Hick Cartel, Cameron Stravar, Rando, and Blaze. You know what I'm saying? And that's about it. I really don't just dabble too many people when it comes to loops because I don't want too many headaches. Yeah. Gotcha. So do you prefer to cook up with the artist present or just have your beats ready? Um, I'd rather cook up from scratch, but nowadays niggas is impatient. So, I mean, shit, it is what it is. I mean, I have no problem having beats on deck. But it's nothing. It's nothing like making something organically from scratch. Nothing beats it. Nothing beats it. And when you're in the in the studio with an artist and they start rapping over your beats, are you very hands on, or you kind of just let them do their thing? Um, it depends on the artist. Cause some niggas don't like you being hands on. Some people have their own creative process, and you can really gauge the vibe. Like a motherfucker might be like, "What do you think about this?" Or they might literally come by you and start whispering what they got in their head, and that's when you can help dictate or you know help coach them to you know what the record should sound like. Then you got some motherfuckers who got their homeboys who be with them who help them come with this shit. So just based on the situation, the relationship I got with the person, that's how I basically you know the room. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes I take charge, sometimes I let you know, I delegate down. You know what I'm saying? It just depends on the situation. Yeah. 
How'd you link up with Travis Scott? Man, I, I linked up to Travis Scott. That was a crazy story. So, um, like I said, I had a coalition of DJs called the LED DJs. When we disbanded, a lot of the DJs started making a name for themselves on their own. And one of them in particular named DJ Tet Tet, he had um, a private, uh, uh, like a private party going down in Houston. And Travis Scott was going to stop by. Don Tolliver was there. Shout out to Don Tolliver. He doing this thing too. That's my boy. And so, and some just told me, man, just pull up, show up, you know what I'm saying? You know, do your network. And that's kind of how I do everything. I don't got a manager. I'm just not getting the manager now. Like every place when I done got, I done walked up on the artists or made the move myself from Drake to Future to anybody you can name. I done did it myself. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, so with this situation, I pull up to the club. Like I said, I be having smoke sometimes. So I pull up to the club with some smoke. I'm giving people smoke, whatever, chilling in the cut, chilling in the cut or whatever. And then he just showed up. I had my flash drive on me and my phone on me. And um, I, knew he, I knew he showed up because we was all on the back of the patio and all of a sudden everybody just ran inside. <laughs> I was like, what the, what the hell's going on? So I go inside and like I said, back at home, I'm like, I'm the shit back at home in Houston. So um, the promoters knew me. Like I said, the DJ knew me. So I was like, hey man, I, I went to one of the promoters. I was like, man, hey man, introduce me to him. So he parted, he moved everybody out the way, went me straight to brush section. And he, he whispered in his ear like, yeah, that's June June. He's like, oh, June James. Travis Scott was like, oh, June James, I heard of him, man. I fuck with every day. That's my song. So reached out to him, shook his hand. He's like, bro, what's up, bro? We got to get a workout. I said, like, bro, I got to work with you. I'm got, I don't want no picture. I don't want to do no gram, no snapping it up. Just need your email because I got a pack for you. So he was like, man, best of bet, bro. I, I, I can respect that. I can respect that. So he gave me his personal email. And I went back to the crib. And the funny story is, bro, I had a, I'm a fresh nigga. So I had a fresh ass Gucci ass, Gucci fit. I was on the way to the party, I mean, to the little event. I had burnt that motherfucker because I didn't know the fabric, what it was. So I burnt a big ass hole in it. My girl was like, I was sick. I was like, man, I ain't even go to that shit. Man, forget that. She's like, you better go, boy. You better figure it out. Da -da -da. So I figured it out, put some bullshit on, and went to the club. If I wouldn't have did that, if I, if I would listen to my girl at the time, y'all would never heard Yosemite because I never went to the club. So I gave that nigga the, I ended up getting a nigga email, sent, sent him a five pack of beats. About a week later, I checked my DM on IG. And niggas like, you made the album. Congratulations. And that's how we got Yosemite. You know what I'm saying? So it was crazy. That's how we made that happen. A week later. And it was like the last song they made the album, too. Oh, shit. So that's pretty dope. Those five beats you sent him, were they kind of specifically for him? Or was it just like, I feel like these are the best five that I got? Right um, I felt like they were the best five that fit his vibe. Okay. You know what I'm saying? It was actually shit that I felt that was harder. But he picked what, you know, what fit his vibe at the time. So it is what it is. Yeah. All right. Um, you got Drake. Uh, when to say when? Yeah, I do. How did that come about? And that shit was a crazy story. So, you know, Houston is Drake's second home. But the thing about I hate about my home is a lot of niggas back home be dick sucking that like be like dick riding back home. Like you know, not rap a lot, but other people. You know what I'm saying? So certain DJs and certain promoters be dick riding. So um, I remember I had just touched down. I my birthday's October 11. I'm a Libra, by the way. Shout out to Libra, Libra gang. And um, I had just came back from LA, and I had met this, I had met some of Drake's, you know, people in LA at a, at a, like one, you know, one of them fancy Hollywood parties. And I had just got, I had just touched down in Houston, and I was just out and about, out and about, out and about. Hit my licks in Houston, came back home. Right when I came back home, I'm literally getting off a plane, driving into the driveway of my crib from from Houston. I just got back from Houston, mind you. My partner called me like, hey, man, I got some, I got some money for me, come pick it up. So it's a 10 piece I gotta go pick up. So I drop on the other side of town by Lennox, go get the money. And right when I'm picking up the money, one of my homeboys from Houston like, man, where you at? I was like, bro, I just got back to Lennox. He said, man, he tripping, bro. And he's like a street nigga who be in the mix, you know what I'm saying? Who be 
knowing what's going on when it comes to people and artists in town. He just tapped in, you know, one of the people that tapped in. He's like, man, you tripping, bro. You got to come back to Houston right now, bro. Drake in town. Everybody going to be in town. It's going to be a movie in Sydney, bro. We finna we make it happen, bro. We finna connect the dots. When niggas say connect the dots, what they're trying to say is that we going to make sure y'all meet each other and get that record, you know, make sure y'all lock in and do some music. So I'm like, man, okay, for shit show. I just made some money real quick. So I go on my phone, go on Skip Lab, book a quick, quick little ticket. And right as soon as I got to Houston, I'm right back in Houston. So boom. I go to the club that he at, the strip club that he at, called Crazy Fool, by the way. And I get a section. I spent like half the money I just made. I spent on a section, outfit, ones to throw and shit. And, they, and, and the DJ's telling me, yeah, man, we finna make it look real big. We finna play all your hits. And we gonna introduce you to them. Man, these niggas, long story short, these niggas don't do none of that. These niggas, these niggas is from my city. These niggas watch me struggle and come up. Watch me, you know, go from just being June James to June the Genius. Watch me go from having local songs to having national hit records and stuff. When I say these niggas introduced me to everybody but Drake, it was just crazy. It was just, but it was an eye opener. It showed me who fucked with me and who didn't fuck with me. I'm talking about niggas who I'm talking about who looked out for in jail, put money on these niggas' books and shit, who who work in security for Drake. They over there dick sucking. I'm like, hey man, you know, introducing Drake. Oh, I got you one second. Never introduced to Drake. The DJs who supposed to look out for me, who been saying they quote unquote fuck with me. Niggas who told me to come out there to go fuck with Drake. The promoters told me to come out there and fuck with Drake. Didn't do none of it. So I. I go home heated. I done spent this money. I never met this, never met the dude. But I remember like, man, shit. I met this nigga people a week before that. And I got their contact. And so I was on a perky. I ain't gonna lie, I was high. I get off the plane. I get straight to the crib. And I'm just heated. I'm heated. I'm heated. And I go right into the room. I roll up a blunt. And that's when I, 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 I was like, I had tried to make that. I tried to make the window say win beat before, what the sample before. And then it come out the way I wanted, but it's just something about just the vibe, it just came out right. I just made the beat the perfect way I wanted to make it. And originally I made that beat for Meek Mill. I didn't even make it for Drake. But I was just like, man, well, fuck it. You know what I'm saying? So same thing with Travis Scott. I sent that nigga, the, the people who I met, I sent him like a five pack, six pack. I don't know how many beats or something. It wasn't a lot of beats at all. And I went to sleep. Nigga, I woke up the next day, I had like 24 unknown phone calls from Toronto numbers. And then I got people face FaceTime me talking about some, call me ASAP, call me ASAP, call me ASAP, Toronto, Toronto, Toronto. So I finally answered the phone, and this Drake people talking about, man, you made the album. Like, <laughs> cool. So it just go to show you, people who knew me from from Little June, the Big June, didn't look out for me at all. Some niggas I just met looked out for me more than niggas from my city did. And I'm not saying I'm shooting no shade, but it just go to show you that people are just weird. You know what I'm saying? And you got to just take advantage of the relationships that you do have at your disposal, and um, that's how it came about. And now we got more shit on the way, so I'm, I'm excited sure. about that. And that just went platinum. Yes, sir, Ski. <laughs> Can you keep up with that many plaques you have or um, should have? Um, I've been trying to more. I really don't be looking at the scoreboard. I really be focused on just what's next. Because unlike rappers, like, you know, a rapper can drop a song and, like, make money off that song and ride that wave of that hit for, like, a year and a half. A producer, you only get as your next hit. Because, you know, a lot of people don't put face behind their product. But that's what I'm doing now, trying to put the face behind what the fuck I do. But um, I'm really just on to the next thing. I really don't be counting the motherfuckers. But I think I got, like, 14 so far. And I'm Grammy nominated too, so that's pretty lit. Trying to get an actual Grammy though. We got goals. <laughs> Talk your shit, man. Real shit. <laughs> All right, you got T.I. and Lil Baby's new song, uh, yes, Party. Yes, Beg How'd your party. How that came about? Um, shit, I had met Hitmaker um, last year around the same, no, not like last year at Blue Room. And we cut a couple records together and we just kept the relationship going. And um, guess one of the packs I sent him was fire enough for him to make a hook for T.I. and he gave that motherfucker to him and that's how we got pardoned. And the crazy thing about this shit, this ironic about this shit is um, I had met T.I. at a 2 chains party and I was just like, hey man, I, and I, I told you I'm bold, I just walk up on your ass. 
So I just walked up on his ass. I was like, hey, man, I'm June James. He's like, oh, hold on. I was like, man, what the fuck? He's like, yeah, man, I don't, I don't do all that, man. You know, I was like, I just, I just want you to eat money against some beats. And he's like, man, just talk to my assistant. My sister was like, his assistant was like, it ain't the right time right now, sweetie. I was like, man, never mind. Fuck it. So I was like, man, I was really like, man, fuck that shit. I ain't even, even care about getting no beats. I'm like, you old anyway. No disrespect. But it's like, I'm in a whole new generation. So it is what it is. I would love to work with you. I look up to you, but it's just, it is what it is. So it's kind of funny to see that. A year later, fast forward, I got this man his single, <laughs> and I saw. And it's funny because I saw a nigga in the lab. And I saw him in the studio. We just snapped it up to a picture and everything. He don't remember none of that shit, which he shouldn't. But it's just ironic how God be working, bro. Like the man was was trying trying to have none of that shit, and I was trying to give him the same beats that he and him getting on. So it, <laughs> people funny as hell, bro. It is what it is. It was industry stuff though. Industry so. is funny as hell. I saw uh, you were just in the studio with my boy uh, Mouse on the track. Man. Oh yeah, Mouse on the track is a motherfucking legend. The thing about Mouse is so funny is that I had to tell him like, he had hit me up when I was in LA and I was letting people know I was in LA. He's like, man, pull up. And I'm thinking like, man, shit, for shit show. That's like one of the people I looked up to when it come to making beats. So I'm like, when it come to that whole Trillion T, Boosie, Webby, really the whole Battle Rouge sound, the shit that NBA Young Boy rap on right now, Mouse kind of started that sound. And the thing is, I'm trying to tell him like, nigga, you need to come out of retirement and Nigga, you'll kill right now. I'm talking about all these young niggas is rapping on your style, and you, you're the godfather of it. So it was just funny being in lab with him. We couldn't even collab because I was, I ain't trying to say I was starstruck, but I was just so enamored with the fact that this man made all these hit records that I grew up on, and I was just too much, too busy just talking to him, trying to get him to come out of retirement <laughs> as opposed to working with him because I was just that excited. But we cut some shit, and we're going to keep some shit moving. But I guarantee y'all, I'm going to get Mouse the fuck out of retirement, even if I got to get this nigga to join the hit cartel. You know what I'm saying? We're gonna get Mouse out every time, and he can even make a whole lot of more bangers. Cause it's no, he can he can have a mean second run right now. I'm telling you, it'll be crazy because he the goat. Yeah. You're a legend, man. You're yeah, the yeah. Legend. Um, you got a tape on the way with Rich Homie? Man, shit, that's just in limbo. I don't oh, know what no. the fuck. I don't know what the fuck Quan doing. Like it be so cap, and that's what I'm saying. This industry shit's so weird because these niggas be hitting me up, you know, be blowing me up, and then they be doing like. I don't know. I don't know if you're busy or it's the drugs or whatever. I ain't talking about crime being on the drugs, but I don't know how these niggas be moving. But like, I wanted to be on the way. He wanted to be on the way, but the man that stood me up so many times on studio time that I don't think it's going to happen. But I'm not really tripping because I feel like I'm the hottest right now. So it's like, you can come fuck with me. I can bring you back. If you already feel like you own it, it is what it is. It's no beef, but it's just, I know what I bring to the table. You know what I'm saying? Come on, man. Stop fucking around. Come on, Quan. <laughs> Streets need that, man. We need that. All right, so how did the uh, Hit Cartel come about? And the Hit Cartel, we established that shit in 2014. It started with me, DJ XO, and Lil Ju. Lil Ju make all the shit for Make the Stallion right now. And XO, he just made that one, two, three for um, Moneybag Yo. So we started that co like, like, like a DJ click. Because, you know, you had 808 Mafia in Atlanta. You had 1500 and nothing in the Cali. You just had these producer clips, but Texas didn't really have that. So I just decided to make that for us, you know what I'm saying? And, it's getting stronger and stronger because all the members are actually making hits, you know? So it's looking real good right now. From me to XO to my boy Rando over there sitting in the cut to um, Blaze on the beat to um, Franchise, Remy on the beat, XO, if I ain't say his name already, but the click is pretty strong and um, we're doing pretty good. Yeah. Going bigger and bigger. Like the bigger Texas get, the bigger we get, you know what I'm saying? So it's just dope to see it happen. You know what I'm saying? I feel like we finna have a real, real good run. Yeah, living up to the name, definitely. Man. Yeah, he cuts it. Yeah. Um, can you reveal any uh, artists you've been working with lately? Man, I can tell. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, bro. I've been doing a lot of interviews this week, and I keep having to say the same shit because, like, 
I'm learning how to do these hoes now because I'd have got caught up in saying the wrong shit. And then <laughs> certain people's fan bases and came and attacked me. And I'm talking about these people, these people really having some strong, serious fan bases will have you trip out. So I got a lot of shit on the way. But y'all just got to stay tuned. But I will say this me, uh, my, um, me, Money Moo, and, um, and my artist Magic and Mondo, we making the tape. Well, the tape's actually already done. It's called For Shit Show. We dropped it in January. We got two singles we're going to put out, but the first single is called Duffel. So that's going to be a real big deal. And I'm also working on a real big, big, big Texas tape. Man, RIP Mo 3, damn, because we was going to get them on that too. Mm-hmm. But um, it's going to be a real big Texas tape with all the talent from Texas, all the producers. We're really going to just organize it and just create you know, that pipeline that we definitely need out, out that state to get this music going. So um, me and DJ XO go going to executive producer, but we're going to have everybody from TJ shows, to my producers, every rapper from the, the Sauce Factory, TSF over there to um, Maxo Cream, Don Tolliver. Hopefully we can get Meg. Probably not because she's too big. It is what it is. But we're going to get everybody who's doing their thing in Texas and from Dallas to Houston, from whatever. And we're going to make this real, real good tape. And then I'm going to have a deluxe edition because everybody doing deluxes. So we're going to go crazy. So those are the two projects that I know I can speak on that are really going to do, do something. They really mean a lot to me because I'm executive producing everything. You know what I'm saying? For shit show. Um, that's what I'm excited about, but I got a lot of stuff on the way. I just want y'all to stay tuned and be surprised. All right. What has being a father taught you about life? Man, father, it taught me, like my son, because I have a daughter and a son. My son, he taught me, he taught me to hustle. Like he, he made me like hustle unabashedly, like, like just hustle with no restraint. You know what I'm saying? No excuses, no nothing, get up and get it. But my daughter, she gave, she, she taught me patience. She taught me patience and she taught me to let a lot more shit ride because I used to be like really with the bullshit. Like I used to go there, you know what I'm saying? I still got a temper or whatever, but I got a lot more to lose now. So I moved differently, you know what I'm saying? Before my daughter was born, I wasn't moving right. I was out here thugging, doing things I had no business doing, but she taught me patience and she taught me how to like, you know, treat women better to the best of my ability, you know what I'm saying? So that's what they taught me. They taught me that patience and, you know, hustle. Any last words? Any shout outs to you? Man, shout out to me. I came a long way. <laughs> shout out to me, shit. Shout out to Dirty Glove for having me, too. We in the building. And the whole hit cartel. Gang, gang. Heard somebody said I want pop. Well, they be misinformed. I got a hundred K in my pocket. I be outside, told Carver. Young nigga shooting like hard. Beg your pardon. Toda buena fiesta comienza con un buen outfit y tu próxima cita es con JCPenney, en donde encuentras de todo para cualquier ocasión. Ya sea elegante o casual, tenemos puro estilo para ti. Desde vestidos, trajes, colores y estampados. De marcas como Liz Claiborne, Worthington, Stafford y J. Ferrar. ¡Ay, no olvidemos Thereabouts para los chiquitos! Descubre lo último en la tienda o en jcp.com. Estilo de pieza a cabeza para donde sea que vayas. JCPenney. Hey everyone, Pananana. my name is Odessa and you are in tune to Reasonings with Odessa. Now, if you are looking for something that is going to give you all access to Caribbean and African pop culture, this podcast is for you. Reasonings with Odessa is brought to you exclusively by Revolt Podcast Network, anchored in hip hop and powered by creators.